Well, Simon, how are you doing today? I am A-OK. How are you? I am A-OK, thank you. Good. A big question for you today, Simon. Yes, have yes, you done yes. your homework? Have you managed to watch the film? I watched the film last night. Got my notes here. I made some notes as I went along last night. Have so, you? yep. Oh, notes? totally. I've got well notes. Well done, yep. Simon. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> You've beat me already. I don't have any notes, but I've watched this movie so many times, you know, I could probably quote it. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you want to count us in, Jack? I'll count us in. A five, six, a seven, and an eight. Welcome to Black Eyes Employment Team Podcast, with your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed at managers and HR professionals and tends to keep you on the street and narrow with your staff. This is our The Law Behind the Movies podcast series, aka Elip Goes to Hollywood. Or Elip Ruins um, the films you love. <laughs> That's probably more accurate to be fair, <laughs> si. um, So each week, uh, if you don't know the drill already, each week we will be watching a film. We will then use this podcast as a short and snappy film review with a particular focus on any topical employment law issues which might arise from the film. Good. So Originals and is the film you picked last week, Jack. Sure um, and should we do the normal thing, the film in one sentence? Go for it. Originals and Diary is a 2001 film about the life of a single 30-something woman in London. London. Is that it? Perfect. Couldn't That's have said it better. everything you have in that film in one sentence. And Bridget, she's actually younger than both of us. She's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, within the first five minutes of the film, there are a few questionable events. Yep. We learn about Mark Darcy, who's divorced, apparently, from a Japanese woman who is referred to as a cruel race. So that's really a casually racist joke, which is <laughs> interesting, yep. start of the film. No good start. Then we get to Bridget's mother, who says to Bridget, Bridget, you'll never get a boyfriend if you dress like you've wandered out of Auschwitz. Again, horrendously Crikey. offensive joke as well. Mamma mia, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And then lastly, there's Uncle Jeff. Actually, not my real uncle, but someone who I sis- insists I call him this while he gropes my arse. So poor Bridget, in the first five minutes, these things have happened <laughs> to her. And again, it's not really an HR matter, I suppose, is it yet? But again, I suppose you get the measure of poor Bridget. So the main protagonist in this film is played by Hugh Grant, and his name is Daniel Cleaver. Yeah. In this case, Bridget's in, lo- in love with Daniel, hopes in love with Daniel, um, and as you will see from the film, it's an open plan office, and Daniel's office have clear windows on it. Mm-hmm. So he's the boss, isn't he, Daniel Cleaver? He he's got a sort of, he's got a special closed-off room that kind of has a view of the open plan office, so that you can see his minions at work. Totally. So what happens is one day, um, Daniel Cleaver emails Bridget and says, "Subject, see his problem." The text reads. <laughs> You appear to have forgotten your skirt. <laughs> Is skirt off sick? Bridget responds, uh, <laughs> I'm appalled by message. Skirt was demonstrably neither sick nor absent. Suggest management sick, not skirt. Okay. So they was kind of, we see these DMs between Daniel and Bridget going on. Um, yeah. And again, the following day, Bridget wears an even shorter skirt um, to the yes. office. Clearly not perturbed by the... Uh, by the remarks the prior day. No. Daniel then, um, I think he sends another instant message. If walking past my office was attempt to demonstrate the presence of skirt, can only say that has failed parlously. Yep. Um, so again, Bridget says, shut up, please. I'm very busy, important. P.S. How dare you sexually harass me in this impertinent manner? He responds, Mortified to have caused offence, will avoid all non-PC overtones in future, deeply apologetic, 
P.S. Like your tits in that top. So awful, so Terrible. awful. And again, what you see is you can't tell a tone from an email, can you? You can't tell if you know that's a joke or you know it's hard to read the tone of an email. We often have a kind of keyboard courage, when Jack, kind of yeah, keyboard courage. People kind of sure. send emails saying, you know, you know, I'm courageous, I do this. So again, you know, you can't tell the tone of the emails no. from from the content. You can't. We do have to bear in mind, I suppose, that this film must be is it twenty years old or something like 2001, that. Two thousand one, I said. 2001, so mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's prior to all the kind of the Me Too movement and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, watching it again, you know, it's fairly shocking to see how normalised that type of behaviour was in the office, especially because of the obvious power play with Daniel Cleaver being the boss, Hugh Grant being the boss again, as he was last week. So would that be harassment, would you say, um, his DMs to Bridget? Yeah, How I much mean, conduct. I would say. I mean, the movie, the movie, certainly the way I viewed it when I watched the movie was, oh yeah, she's enjoying the attention and she's given as good as she gets and yes. she's engaging with it. Yep, yep, but as yep. you rightly said, you know, emails, you, you don't get to judge the tone. We also remind ourselves that Daniel Cleaver is the boss. He's in a position of power. Maybe Bridget's feeling like she has to go along with it because oh, if I knock him back or if I don't engage, maybe I lose my job or something. I don't know. So, yeah, I would say certainly that could fall slap bang in the midst of probably sex-related harassment uh, and maybe even sexual harassment too. And it was strange. We watched the film last night. It's strange because, again, you note um, that when they're texting each other, kind of they're, they're DMing each other, um, yeah. the open plan office, Daniel is not actually texting. He's kind of sitting in the open plan thinking. <laughs> I was thinking, that's strange. You know, is, it, is it really um, Daniel? Is it a how bot? Did you, how did you spot is, that, is that a, Simon? Is it a bot? It's, is it a bot? it's like our colleague Stephen blogged about the other week. That's artificial intelligence <laughs> exactly. creeping in. But I'm, exactly. I'm amazed that you spotted that, side. Yep, eyes like an eagle. There you go. Nothing gets past the gaffer. Good, good. And again, someone else who caught my eye in the films last night was Mr. Fitzherbert. Remember him? I do, yes. I remember Happy him. Happy New Year, Mr. Fitzherbert. Happy New Year, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> remember that as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Um, so, yeah, that's the guy who I think Bridget Jones is having to do an introduction. Mm-hmm. In and, a monologue. That's right. And she says, Daniel's boss who says, fairly at my breast with no idea who I am or what I do. So again, you know, mm-hmm. I think you'll see in the film, Bridget refers to him as Mr. Uh, Dits Pervert. And again, remember, she's just that <laughs> awful presentation uh, to the kind of motor, motorbike launch. And she says, here's a man we like to call Mr. Dits Pervert, Dits Pervert, Mr. Dits Pervert, Mr. Dits Pervert, because that... It's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bridget. So, yeah, she didn't really cover herself in glory there. But would you even um, claim against her if you can find out her, his nickname was Mr. Titzperbert, would you say? Probably. Potentially. I mean, is that a want of conduct? <laughs> I want to conduct mm-hmm. related to sex. Yeah. Which is degrading, humiliating mm-hmm. for Mr. Titzherbert. Titzperbert. Yeah. I think there could be the ingredients of a claim in there. Um Maybe she has a counterclaim if he is, in fact, you know, staring at her tits. Yeah. Another person who caught my eye in the film last night is Perpetua, um, right. who is Bridget's um, colleague. Uh-huh. And Bridget says, um, Perpetua, slightly senior to me and therefore thinks she's in charge of me. Most of the time, I want to say things to her head. Nice. Um, but then it goes on and she says kind of, I think in the introduction, she says, Perpetua is a fart-arsed old bag who spends her time bossing me around. <laughs> so, fart, fart-arsed? Yeah. Ah. I thought that wrong, maybe fat-arsed. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Either way, I think a reference to your colleague's arse 
whether it's fat or whether it's <laughs> fart arsed. I don't think that would be great in the workplace, coming about somebody's body parts and such like, especially in a derogatory term like that. Could amount to harassment. Totally. So again, Perpetua um, says to Bridget in her first scene, morning, I need Kafka's motorbike released by 11 o'clock. So, you know, is that offensive for Bridget to hear that from um, Perpetua? Probably not. Probably not, no. It sounds like she's just quite directional and mm-hmm. bossy wants to get the, the deadline met. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bridget's pretty hopeless, isn't it? Let's face it. So I reckon Perpetua spends her time doing Bridget's work as well as her own. Yeah. No wonder Bridget's not progressing since she spends most of her time sexting her boss. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's funny because I watched the film last night um, and again, it's strange because um, she says her career's stalled Mm-hmm. She works in publishing. She'd be a wordsmith, but I think she's pretty rubbish. Yeah. Her diary reads, for example, I'm no longer tragic spinster. Yeah. I should read, I am no longer a tragic spinster. You know what I mean? Yes. It's rubbish. I mean, it's terrible wordsmithing. I mean, she can't speak properly, can she? Absolutely. No wonder she doesn't progress. She can't she's, punctuate. She's too busy throwing tarts and vicars parties and other such lights. <laughs> okay, so tarts and vicars party two. So Bridget invites Daniel to her uncle Jeff's Tarts and Vickers party. And Daniel, Daniel's her boss. In the morning, Daniel cancels the attendance at the party due to work plans. Bridget's mm-hmm. quite upset, mm-hmm. tells him that um, she can't see why his work is so important. To which he responds, no, well, you wouldn't, would you? You don't have the faintest bloody idea about how much trouble this company's in. You swan in in your short skirt and your sexy see-through blouse and fanny around with the press releases. <laughs> this is the Americans flying in because they're thinking of shutting us down for feck's sake. So again, you know, the inference from Daniel is, you know, you're just a lowly assistant, basically, Bridget. Yeah, she's just a wallflower, isn't she? Swans in in her short skirt and as a sec- she's kind of sexualising, he's kind of sexualising Bridget there. Yeah. Again. And would he have a claim against her, do you think, for that kind of, um, um, first of all, the bullying, that behaviour, when he's saying, you know, you're a lowly assistant? I would say so, yeah. I don't think you should ever speak down to somebody because of what position they hold in the, in, a, in the company and their job. How do I speak to you? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, Jack. Not That's at all, not no. True. I feel very valued and uh, respected <laughs> in the workplace, as everybody should. I'll give you a fiver later on. So yeah, I don't think you should say that, but worse, you shouldn't be talking about her short skirt and her sexy see-through blouse and, and suggesting that she fannies around. These are all kind of, you know, you wouldn't say that about a man, would you? No, no, exactly. And again, is inviting is Bridget inviting him to a Tarts and Vickers party a potential claim for Daniel? Was that kind of within the course of employment, would you say? If you use the but-for test, um, they didn't know each other mm-hmm. but for the employment relationship. Therefore, if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have been invited to the party. Yeah. So I think it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that would be an extension of the workplace. So claim for Bridget against the company, claim for Daniel against the company. <laughs> Pretty well, aren't we? A lot of claims, a lot of vicarious liability there. So what happens is Bridget says, okay, fine. I think what happened is doesn't attend the Tarson Vickers party. Um, she goes back to Daniel's flat and she sees him with his new assistant, America, whose mm-hmm. name is Lara. Remember that Lara, scene, Jack? remember that, yeah. Bridget catches them and, and Lara's kind of loitering. And... It's weird because it's kind of the case that Lara's in the bath of the folder covering her. Like, are they working? <laughs> are they playing? What are they doing? I mean? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so again, Bridget says, okay, fine. I've finished my, jo- my job here and she applies for the job, doesn't she, Jack? 
Yeah, she does. She interviews for various jobs. She goes for a political job, unsuccessful with that one. Children's TV job, another knockback. Mm-hmm. Then she interviews for a job at uh, Sit Up Britain. Is that like a talk show or something, Simon? I think it is. And again, mm. her boss said, so why do you want to work in television? And she says, I've got to leave my current job because I've shagged the boss. Um, and <laughs> Honest? Richard, yeah. And Richard says, fair enough, start on Monday. We'll see you go. <laughs> so again, it's pretty unusual style of interview, isn't it, Jack? I would say so, yeah. I would certainly say it's an unusual style of interview. It's an unusual albeit refreshing honesty from Bridget as well <laughs> uh, as to why she goes and um, again Richard Captain is up saying and incidentally I sit at Britain no one gets sacked for shagging the boss <laughs> that's my principle again it's pretty much a red flag isn't it for I think it's Bridget it's a red flag it's quite a blatant sort of in- innuendo by <laughs> what's he called Richard yeah, yeah Richard I can picture him <laughs> yeah I can picture him uh, what was he in cold feet or something that guy was he I don't know no. I don't know who cares Bridget, anyway, so, so Bridget she resigned as a shame she does she does. She resigns, gets another job, and she goes to Daniel. Or rather, she, when she resigns, Daniel says, I'm sorry to inform you, but I think you'll find that by contract, you're expected to give at least six weeks' notice. And she says, ah, yes, well, I thought the company was in so much trouble, you wouldn't miss the person who waltzes in in a see-through top and finds about the press release. So again, it's a pretty touche moment for Bridget to <laughs> Daniel, isn't it? Definite touche, and that um, perpetua then sort of chips in and says, I want to hear this because if she gives one inch, I'm going to fire her bony little bottom anyway for being totally spineless. <laughs> and is Perpetua a boss? Probably not. I think they're mm. on a par, aren't they? I thought they were on the same level, yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. So Daniel says, well, in front of everyone in the open plan office, well, I just think you should know that um, there are lots of prospects for a person who, you know, for other personal reasons, has been slightly overrooted professionally. And she says, Jack... Well, thank you, Daniel. That is very good to know, but if staying here, meaning working within 10 yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's arse. (laughs) (laughs) R-E-S-B-E-C-T. A real mic drop, Roman. Definite drop the mic, yeah. Daniel uh, put well and truly in his place. Okay, so could, would you say, could Daniel hold her to her six weeks notice, would you say, Jack? I think it's going to be hard for Daniel to do that, in my view. I mean, he could get an interdict or an injunction if it was that important, which we see often for yeah. employer clients want to get an interdict against mm-hmm. um, an ex-employee who's resigned. Yeah, maybe um, if it was like a six-month notice rather than just six weeks, that would maybe be more of a mm-hmm. more of a likely option. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe Bridget would be able to say, well, you've actually broken the contract yourself, Daniel, by harassing totally. me. Totally. And uh, saying that you don't value me in the workplace because I fanny about. And where are HR on this? You know, HR, presumably on the, on the um, office shop floor, you know, that <laughs> exchange, they'd be kind of saying, wait a second, hold on, you know. Yes, HR were noticeably absent throughout <laughs> the whole of the movie, I would say. So could there be a claim against um, the company for harassment under Section 26.3, would you say, Jack? Yes. So again, that's the case where someone harasses someone else if another person engaged in a want of conduct of a sexual nature and because of the rejection or submission to that conduct, the employer treats the employee less favourably. Yeah, that's totally it, isn't it? That's the key bit. That's kind of like what the Americans call retaliation. Totally. So that, and, and I mean, that appears to be what Bridget's done, you know, she's... She's, albeit she initially played along with Daniel's advances, but she's now kind of rejected them. She's resigned. Mm -hmm. She's moved on to another job. Could be the case that if, um, you know, that if Daniel trying to force her to work her six 
week notice period is a retaliation to Bridget knocking back his advances, yep. then I think the test would be met and she could have a, that claim of harassment. So again, first of all, she admitted the conduct and then secondly, she said, no, I'm rejecting the conduct. So again, that could be a potential claim she'd have against the company, couldn't she? Totally. It's unusual to see that type totally. of claim. I would say comments about short skirt and sexy see-through blouse are, de- are definitely getting into the territory of being in a sexual nature. And with that, our time here is done. Yep. We don't have time, Simon, to discuss a few things. Mark Darcy was clinically depressed. <laughs> he doesn't smile once during the whole film. It doesn't remind me from someone too far from here. He does smile at the end, doesn't he? Or is that just wind? I think it's wind. He smiles at the end, doesn't he? Homophobic think, slurs by yep. Bridget. Mm-hmm. 2001. Different time, I suppose, isn't it? Yep. The fat phobia. The mm. comment about weight and size. In the film with CM Mark, Darcy's dad, friend to Bridget, as a nice healthy, well-built girl. I like yeah. a woman with a backside you can park a bike in and rest a pint on. Pretty sizes, mm-hmm. pretty fattest. No, you're the fattest. Anyway, yeah. okay. Yep. Uh, Richard, and then also we see Richard, don't we, at the end? Yeah, well, obviously I'm disappointed, bitterly disappointed, but you know, just because someone's got a boyfriend, that doesn't mean they won't. <laughs> okay, so take away tips, Jack. Tip number one is what? Okay, I'll get started. I would say then, take care when you're interviewing candidates for employment. There may be a claim regardless of the fact that you didn't employ the candidate. We had a client once, cheap store, cheap shoes, nasty handbag. These were observations written down on the interviewer's notepad about the candidate. Who's a female. Female, didn't get the job. Would you make those comments about a man? Possibly not. There's maybe a claim there the candidate had against our client, but didn't happen. Um, And again, tip number two, if you believe there's a power play like Bridget and Daniel, you should investigate his HR. Um, think about Philip Schofield and his runner, you know, that's not um, been investigated by ITV. So again, there's a claim there, potentially. So mm-hmm. think about the power play, you know, as an HR professional, you want to investigate if you can. Good. And if you're HR, or even if you're a manager, and you're witnessing events which occurred in the film, like Bridget's resignation, for example, you've got a duty to get involved. You know, it's your job to try and address these issues um, so that the company don't make a hash of it. Good. Okay. So marks out of 10, Jack? Well, that was my choice. Mm-hmm. So naturally, it's going to be high. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Bridget Jones's diary 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to say 8. Fair. <laughs> like last week, you said 8 point. I said 8.5, you said 8. It's um, fair. So, okay. Next. So, what's next? Is it you choosing next week, Simon? Yes. I'm going to choose next week to watch The Bodyguard, Whitney Houston. Right. Seen that film before, Jack? I haven't seen that one. I know who Whitney Houston is. She's a singer. Yep. She's a singer in this kind of film. And again, um, Kevin Costner is her bodyguard. He plays Frank Farmer. And we'll discuss next week whether or not Whitney has um, engaged um, Kevin as a self-employed contractor, worker, and employee, or an employee. I look forward to watching it on the weekend, Simon. Spoiler alert, Jack. um, Frank dies at the end. Thanks for that, Si. I will not watch the film. I'll go straight to the YouTube highlight reel. (laughs) If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe using your normal podcast host. And don't forget, please do leave us a review. We love to know what people think of these episodes. Good stuff. Right. Cheers and cheerio. Cheers, Si. See you later.